women travel has raised many eyebrows in the past so many doubts so many concerns about safety and not so interesting conversations at this season of brewing travel shots we are raising conversations that are going to be progressive giving hope making women feel included make them feel happy empowered and through these conversations we envision nothing but inspiration hi i'm your host zinal doshi the founder of the flap life an organization that curates solo journeys for women in india this season i'm talking to women in travel and tourism who have found creative ways of chasing and achieving their dreams of travel and creating their mark in the tourism industry you will hear candid and unedited conversations about their experiences and some secrets of the industry too through the stories shared we wish many women take the plunge to wonder and not to wonder how Hello everyone, welcome to one more episode of Ruining Travel Shorts. We are today conversing with someone from Ladakh. Yes, your most favorite destination. And uh, today we have Rigzin Lachik on the conversation today, daughter of a serving Indian Air Force officer from Ladakh. After working for a South Delhi-based startup for two years, she moved to Leh in 2017 wanting to start a sustainable boutique resort in her grandmother's orchard. So this sounds very very exciting and I think kind of give more background on her. Let's understand from her what her journey has been. So welcome to Brewing Travel Shorts uh, Rigzin. Thank you Zinor. No hi just uh, to all your listeners. Uh, I'm just going to d- dive right in uh, into introducing myself. So uh my name is Rigzin Lachik and I am currently based in Ladakh. I was born in Leh but I never really had the opportunity to grow up here. Uh I actually did my schooling down south in Tamil Nadu which is like the extreme opposite end of the country. Uh post which I uh, did my college in Delhi NSIT and I I'm I'm an IT engineer actually. and uh after that i uh moved to japan where i was working as a game designer for some time and post that i moved back to delhi and i was working for a startup for a few years as kids you know we would always sort of come to ladakh during our summer vacations to meet our family our grandparents especially uh and there was always uh, you know a connect to this place um i always thought i wanted to do something here and as kids we were constantly asked you know especially because we were studying outside ladakh we were constantly asked whether we would ever come back to ladakh and this, just questions that you know my grandparents would ask whether what we're studying will ever like help uh, you know ladakh or help the people of ladakh so these are just small things i think as kids while growing up it just sort of stayed at the back of my head and uh, in 2017 uh, when uh, my grandmother passed away i sort of just decided to uh, quit my job and move to ladakh so that's how i ended up here zinal okay yeah. i i'm kind of lost in your conversation rigzin because uh what a diverse 
you know, combination of locations and the diverse background that you had before you started this. And I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, so glad that your grandparents asked you questions in terms of what you're studying and how it's kind of going to help the Ladakh community. Ladakh is undoubtedly one of the most beautiful destinations where people definitely find a connect. And, and obviously you have, like, obviously you have your, uh, what do you call it, your natives, your family there. So I can understand the connection you must have. And I'm so glad that what you're doing uh, is something really wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> right. So, so let's get started. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Rigzin, we want to know more about, you know, uh, while you took us through what you are and what your journey has been, but what your journey has been from learning, traveling to now being a woman entrepreneur. Uh, so just maybe in continuation to what I, you know, what I just shared about right. how I ended up in Ladakh. So, um, you know, after after coming here, uh, I think that initial one year, I really tried to figure out what I what is it that I wanted to do or what is it that I could do um, sure. in Ladakh. You know, and uh, of course there was this um, th there's a small orchard that my grandmother used to maintain. It's an apple and apricot orchard, and I would right. always think about you know ways that I could maybe do something with that space. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, looking at uh, Ladakh's economy, it is. Uh, heavily driven by tourism and uh, you could say about 60 70 percent of the economy is driven by tourism right. uh, and even the 30 percent that is not driven by tourism is indirectly supported by tourism you know so right. even if it's handicraft and things like that they're still sort of fueled by tourism so uh, from that point of view, from an entrepreneurial point of view, it had to be tourism driven. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to also just do things a little more consciously. Uh, because again, you know, sort of, I think those memories attached to how Ladakh used to be as uh, when we were kids. Uh, so just certain memories attached to uh, that sort of image of Ladakh is something I really wanted to maintain because uh, I think my generation has seen that extreme rapid change in Ladakh, uh, you know, in this in this one decade. Because right. I remember when I was in school in Tamil Nadu, people would ask me where I'm from and nobody knew where Ladakh was, you know. Right. So now being like, oh, you're from Ladakh, we want to visit, you know. So... Uh, our generation, uh, Ladakhis, have actually really seen that drastic shift because, you know, we've seen uh, my the the lifestyle change, uh, the lifestyle that say my grandparents experienced to what my parents have experienced, and then to what I have experienced. They're so different, and they're so. I mean, there's such a huge generation gap because of the rapid change that Ladakh has seen in this decade, you know? Right. So uh, being sort of a witness to that change and sort of obviously being concerned about a lot of um, things that are truly Ladakhi being lost, whether it was architecture, whether it was art, whether it was food and general like traditional uh, practices, you know, these right. are things that... Uh, that I saw um, sort of dying, right? right. And, um, yeah, so I knew that 
uh, I really wanted to do something in that space. But obviously, uh, speaking of it more economically, it had to be driven by tourism. Right. And that's how I set up uh, this boutique property, which is called uh, Dolkar. And right. uh, Dolkar, basically, it's, it's an upcoming luxury boutique stay, which aims to promote Ladakh's history and tradition through art, architecture. And um, our design basically just embraces traditional and local materials and um, somehow sort of reflects the importance of a sustainable environment. And sure. uh, it is it has been a community-driven project for us. Uh, so we've used only local materials for the construction, but we've also had a lot of local artisans help us build the place. Okay. And within Dolkar is Tsas, which is basically a plant-based restaurant. And okay. Tsas translates into a kitchen garden or a garden. And uh, this orchard was referred to as Tsas, right? And my grandmother's name was Dolkar. And oh, Kar okay. means palace. So we've, we've basically named the property after her. So the property is called Dol Khar, which is Dol's palace. Okay. And Thas is uh, basically this vegetarian restaurant within the orchard. And our menu also incorporates produce from the kitchen garden as well as local, ethical, uh, sustainable producers sustainable farmers to showcase um, reimagined modern Ladakhi cuisine. And uh, we've sort of built that with, you know, immense respect for nature and uh, seasonality also. So, okay. but we, we, what we've done is we have, uh, you know, tried to document a lot of lost ingredients, lost recipes from right. regions of Ladakh brought that back to the kitchen and the team. Uh, I have a really good team at uh, the restaurant. So they have really uh, taken inspiration from European and Ladakhi, uh, European and Japanese culinary oh. techniques to sort of evolve uh, the existing Ladakhi uh, cuisine a bit. So it's our version of sort of modern Ladakhi cuisine. Okay. And, and I am all, I'm also the co-founder of Hati, which okay. is basically a platform for the local artisans of Ladakh. So while we were constructing Dolkar, um, we were sourcing a lot of things from the local artisans. So right. like, for example, our dessert spoons are made by the metalsmiths of Chilling. The wash basins are made by the stone workers of Turtuk. Uh, okay. The carpets have been sourced from um, the the weavers from, you know, the Changtang region. So while we were doing this and while we, we really wanted to support the local artisans, uh, we also realized that, you know, purchasing from them is maybe a one-time solution or a one-time support. And then we thought that, you know, why not? I mean, the least we could do was maybe just take some photos of their work and just promote it on social media and you know at least uh, sort of give them a small platform within our capacity to right. promote work which would in turn sort of uh, you know help preserve these practices because these are again um, sort of dying practices and that's also uh, mostly happening because 
you know the 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 artisans themselves are not able to find value in their skills or in their products so so that's how hati was born uh, right but yeah hati has dolkar they're all sort of interlinked and the fundamentals right all three remain the same yes that's so beautiful uh, uh rigzen and the way i kind of uh, look at it it's it's more about community coming together to build the community of future right so it's kind of in continuation of what what the traditions and what uh the what are kind of earlier generations have been doing obviously they have been doing so many things right which at times we don't understand the value but we know it has immense value in in our growing years and probably future and it's so good to kind of retain those right and uh, for our future generations right so obviously right from and how cute it is to have uh, you know the name of dolkar uh, uh, you know from your grandmother's name i mean that's really really sweet and honestly it gives you the essence of what a pure ladakhi family would be right like i have not seen the restaurant i've obviously not experienced anything but i i can feel it here that okay i'm sure this experience would be the most immersive ladakhi experience one one can really explore yes we hope to provide that yes. <laughs> okay all right so uh rixin of course ladakh has been one of the bucket list destinations that's what you said in last 10 years a lot of things have changed everybody knows ladakh and everybody has like that as a bucket list right what do you think like of course ladakh in terms of there are regular uh, experiences uh, so the first time everybody wants to do your uh basic your leh nubra pangong uh that's very touristy right while while i wouldn't want to call them very touristy because these are must visits of the destination but what are the other local unique uh immersive experiences one can experience and support the community like how can somebody give back as well when they are traveling uh that's actually a very uh, sort of important point i feel that really needs to you know uh, go out there because uh, when like as you said you know when somebody is visiting ladakh especially for the first time uh, right. they have these certain destinations um, in their mind which which are undoubtedly you know one of the most beautiful places in ladakh but right uh, ladakh has so much more to offer you know beyond these few destinations that are extremely over promoted and right. uh, the the thing is that now when you look at the landscape of ladakh especially from a tourism um, aspect these certain destinations are now being overstressed you know right and, uh, with with limited natural resources uh, these these destinations are now almost under threat because of over tourism right and, and the truth is that ladakh is is huge right in terms of the area it's huge there are right number of villages there are endless number of monasteries there are endless number of things to do but you know i think tourists really need to just do a little more research before traveling is what i feel like there's a huge lack of awareness of what really ladakh has to offer 
And uh, to begin with, you know, the most important thing for people to realize is that uh, Ladakh is beautiful in all four seasons, right? So all four seasons, your spring, summer, uh, winter, and autumn, all four are so uh, starkly different and so beautiful and each season has so much to offer yet we'll only mostly see tourists in the summer you know right Um, yeah just to give you a sense of like for example spring spring is the time when uh, you know the entire sham valley uh, just literally turns pink because it's full of apricot trees. So you have okay. an entire apricot blossom happening in that valley. And I have lived in Japan. I have seen, uh, you know, I've been to Kyoto during right. the Sakura festival. And and now it's been two springs that I've, uh, you know, been in Ladakh and I have witnessed uh, ap- the apricot blossom with, with a friend of mine, Jeevan. And... Um, I can guarantee uh, that it is way, way more beautiful in its natural form, you know? Right, um, yeah. And and then you have the apple blossom that happens after the apricot blossom. Right. And spring has, it's beautiful. And then, you know, that's also the time when your river is clean. It's it's blue because your glaciers haven't started melting. So the color right. of the river uh, that that blue that uh, azure color with the pink trees it's it's quite the sight you know and pictures don't do justice to that of course so, absolutely yeah. and uh, summer of course summer we don't really need to promote anymore but i would also say that there are certain experiences in the summer like how we've seen especially with covid now there's a rise in domestic tourists but we've also right. seen of domestic tourists not being so uh, inclined towards treks and hikes, you know, because Ladakh is all about the outdoors. And it's really about going to the mountains and, you know, whether it's a small one-day hike, just camping, uh, really like living that uh, sort of raw, you know, experience and not looking for fancy hotels with like hot running water all the time so it's really about experiencing nature for right you know and that is really about just getting into the mountains and doing some and yes some treks are very uh you know can be difficult but we have some very easy treks as well so i feel like uh you know with the rise in domestic tourists we have seen a decline in people who are interested in hikes and treks unfortunately it's the foreigners who appreciate that more you know right yeah but uh, i feel like that is one bit people should really explore you know and uh, because that's that's when you really experience ladakh on foot right so rixit i have a question here i mean of course i have been to ladakh once and i think it is not enough i mean once also it's not enough uh, yeah. i mean forget about the the larger areas that probably are not even accessible or in terms of knowledge of domestic uh, tourists, even the beauty that which is a regular touristy destination, it is not enough. Now coming to, as what you said that, you know, all the seasons are to be kind of explored. What are your tips on acclimatization for people who would want to? I think the biggest concern uh, for domestic tourists is 
acclimatization or maybe there is a weather con- i mean the health condition because of the acclimatization i'm sure people would want to explore but they are always scared i mean i'm i'm telling you literally people are scared because they don't want to kind of go and that's probably the reason why uh people opt for summers because that's the only time people can take that cold especially from uh you know the locations which are yeah mumbai yeah. chennai and stuff so any tip that you would want to give so uh you know zinal the thing is about uh, about the altitude right the whichever season you come in the altitude is going to remain the same right right and right. your acclimatization has to happen in a very similar fashion irrespective of when you come to right. Ladakh, whichever season you come uh and and uh, ideally that is 48 hours right but right. but irrespective now apart from the acclimatization uh apart from the altitude factor what right. changes across the four season is of course the temperature and right. the the temperature yes um sometimes like winters can be extremely harsh and i'll tell you from my experience you know as kids my parents never brought us to ladakh in the winter right. we always came here in the summer and two years ago was my first winter in ladakh and uh and then ever since i have just been spending every winter here oh. because i also had this uh, mental block actually and i can really relate to what you're saying and right. i know i you know i might not sound, sound like a local anymore but you know the fact of the matter is that i had never experienced uh, winter in ladakh and i had the same fear right because when you look at the right. temperatures it can dip to minus 20 minus 18 these are like normal temperatures so uh but you know i i stayed in the winter one winter i stayed and i realized i mean for me now winter is actually uh the best time in ladakh wow. and and the the you're talking about in terms of maybe a tip i could give you is honestly if you're wearing the right gear it it should be fine you know and okay. now ladakh has changed so much we have so many uh, properties and so many uh, even some homestays and guest houses that run in the winter they have heating you know these facilities have also come up in these few years only so before this also we had so many tourists who used to come here in the winter but you would generally see you know um, true like say wildlife enthusiasts or you would see because ice hockey and ice skating is very big in ladakh in the winter you right. every village has an ice hockey team and i'm sure you know that the indian ice hockey team is also all ladakhis yes so yes it's 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 just a whole different uh you know the whole landscape changes and everything changes because you have fewer tourists and the locals are more you know right uh, they have more time for themselves and it's a beautiful experience if you get to experience that you know and now ladakh is well equipped for the winter uh five years ago i wouldn't you know i wouldn't be able to say this but now we have so many good hotels so many good homestays that actually run in the winter so if you i mean if you have that heating facility and you're just in proper gear you know you have the right thermals i'm not promoting any brand but uniqlo your ultra uh, i think what right. is ultra warm thermals you have the right shoes you have good snow boots 
uh, you know, a good down jacket and just one of each will make all the difference. Of course. You right. Know? And, uh, and then, then you'll, then you'll really get, uh, see how beautiful the winter is in Ladakh. Right. I'm very glad we spoke about this, uh, Rigzin, because uh, you have, you are someone who has kind of not lived that life, but you are now living that life, right? Like, so you understand the concerns very well. And obviously you have an answer to this. So of course, uh, of course, we are not promoting any brand here, but yeah, there are some brands who kind of support, uh, you know, these kind of weather. And I think uh, a lot of people, uh, it, it is good to understand that what that weather would be like. And it is it is possible to explore if you have the right uh, I would say a safeguard towards the, I mean, a, as against the weather, right? So if I, I, like I have also seen it, like you see winters across the world. And of course that, that, that also has harsh winter, right? Like there are temperatures, we go uh, minus 20, minus 30, but people still move out. So as what you rightly said, the right gear, whether it is summers, winters, I think for every weather, there, sh- there is a right gear. And if there is with you, I mean, you are into the right gear, I'm sure there is ways to kind of promote uh, uh, the right tourism. I would say that would be the best time, honestly, because the locals are also pretty relaxed, right? Like uh, as compared to in summers, I think locals are quite busy into business, uh, into tourism business I think to see the best local life probably winters would be the best time to visit Ladakh uh, so we spoke about of course over tourism and uh, what and of course Ladakh has changed in last many years I, I mean I'm personally telling you that there was a time when we used to con- contact Ladakh I remember in winters people used to say Achha, now there is no network connection here we don't know when we can kind of really yeah. reply you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it has happened, and now I see like replies coming very uh, instantly. There is a there is a response. There's more accessibility is yeah, what I see. The fact that we're able to do this podcast, um, right? Also, just progress for Ladakh. You know, absolutely. I I agree uh, to that completely because yeah, we have seen uh, uh, like when I was in Ladakh three years back. I could see that there was a lot of infrastructure issue when it came to even a three-star property would not have a heater. And there were constraints from the government that, you know, because of the weather constraint, they could not give those permissions. But now, as what you were saying, that even in winters, people can host people with the right heating, uh, uh, you know, accessories within the property, right? So, of course, there has been a progress for sure. Yes, what challenges do you think, you know, it is to kind of create awareness for sustainable tourism in Ladakh? We've heard a lot of stories. We recently heard about a story where three guys were moving in. I think, I don't know whether it was Pangong Lake or not, but it was some lake in Ladakh. Do you see that it is a challenge to kind of create awareness for sustainable tourism? Uh, actually, you know, when we talk about sustainability, right, um, there are three main sort of pillars to sustainability. One is, of course, your environmental. One is your economical. And one is social. Now, right. as a traveler, when you come to Ladakh, the thing is, what's really missing the most uh, is, you know, like I would mentioned before, just the awareness of the landscape that you're in. 
right? Right. And to firstly get a sense of the fact that Ladakh is part of the Himalayas. The right. Himalayas are part of the Hindu Kush Himalayas. The Hindu Kush Himalayas are we're literally in the third pole of the world, you know, and uh, and just the mountains are so uh, so sensitive to just things like climate change, which, you know, now people are more aware about and how the communities here are really the most vulnerable to uh, impacts of, say, climate change for that matter. We might be the ones uh, contributing the least, but I think we will be the ones to get affected the first and the most, you know? And there are just certain things, uh, certain facts about Ladakh that the glaciers, I mean, people firstly need to realize that Ladakh is a cold desert, right? We're a desert landscape with limited uh, water. Our water uh, source is the glaciers. And we know that the glaciers have receded in the past uh, decade. I think recently there was a report since 1990, I think around six point some percent a uh, glacier has retreated near Pangong Lake. And, right. um, you know, and how many people really, how many tourists going to Pangong even know that Pangong Lake is home to so many migratory birds. Yes. And it is an extremely, I mean, Pangong Lake has, uh, they've recently, uh, I think they're in the process of identifying it under that uh, Ramsar conservation as a wetland of international importance. And, uh, you know, just, just just some basic awareness about the landscape that you're in and the things around you and just about Ladakh, if you're talking specifically about Ladakh, you know, beyond the visual, like, uh, the, the visual treat of the place, I think it's very important to understand uh, what's going on in that landscape, you know, and... Uh, I mean, of course, things like waste, garbage, pollution, these are things that come with tourism. But at the same time, tourism provides the livelihood to the people. So it is, of course, uh, there's a huge uh, sense of responsibility that needs to come from the travelers. You know, when you're carrying, um, say, a packet of chips to Pangong Lake and right. you leave that wrapper there, do you realize like where in the world you've left like this one piece of plastic, which you have no idea. I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's no system in place for waste or garbage, even in late town for now. So, you know, when you're traveling to such remote places, uh, you, you really don't know, like, you know, you can't really expect uh, that waste being managed in any way. So just, just basically, some basic awareness I think tourists really need to have. And of course, there has to be some effort put in from the locals as well to keep, you know, to have these systems in place. But for tourists to really, uh, you know, be aware of these things um, is, is, is very crucial. And we don't really see, I think, very um, conscious travelers in Ladakh anymore. Sadly. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it is a harsh reality, honestly, Rigzin. And I, I feel that uh, apart from the locals, of course, locals are going to give their best to uh, preserve the culture, preserve, uh, you know, the environment as 
in their best capacity that's undoubted i mean of course there are exceptions but i feel the travel companies that are uh, you know the hotels i think it is very important the awareness can come in only from them right because uh, the as what you said that you get more of tourists and less of travelers right and that exactly where the difference is of course it's not being bad to be a tourist but i feel a conscious awareness is very important to to kind of know about the destination i will give you my personal experience uh rigzin when i uh, visited ladakh of course i knew about the place i i kind of knew how beautiful it is i knew only about the landscape that's what most of the people know when they yeah, first yeah. time hear ladakh right yeah, yeah. and but really people don't understand the hard life what the local people kind of go through live into temperatures like in less uh, uh minus 40 degrees and the life is hard like you have to when you're when you're on the go also you have to chain the vehicles you have to be really hard on your health uh i feel these are very small small things and it can happen only once they experience and you are appreciative of what you kind of seeing it rather than yes. you know why this and why that i think it is very important to just understand what life like i have seen it so i totally realize it and i want to kind of see it more of it because not in terms of hardships i'm sure whenever i visit ladakh next it's going to be a different experience for me but i would want to definitely learn from it but yeah i totally get it that it is very important i have heard this from so many people especially from spiti ladakh that there is no way for us to do waste management and that is exactly the biggest reason why people should understand especially with that chips packet or even a even a chocolate uh, uh uh you know wrapper that we have cannot be thrashed because there's no way to thrash it so yeah, it yeah. cannot be left here and there for sure yeah at so, least just uh, maybe bring it back you know from yes, these exactly. extreme remote places at least yeah right right that the least one can do for sure and you know another thing is uh, you know zenal you spoke about sustainability so we spoke about the environmental aspect but from the social aspect you know i would say that as a traveler you know you're obviously spending money and uh, from that economical aspect as well when you're spending money what happens is anything you buy or anything you put your money on you're it's in a way you're basically casting a vote you know for the kind of world you want because you're right. supporting that cause through your spending capacity so um i would also say that as a traveler you know when you come to ladakh or anywhere actually when you're spending that money just you know if you're anyway spending that money you can just ensure that that money is going into the right hands it's going in for the good cause it's going into the the money is actually going back into the communities right. whether it's you know some amount of shopping that you do whether it's a whether it's some food you're eating you know whether it's a particular stay that you choose just being a little conscious about how you're spending your money and where that money is going and what you're really promoting through spending that money because some people you know most people won't realize that just by buying something you're actually you're actually promoting that kind of world right Absolutely. that kind of world you want so that is also one um, i think thing one 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 point that travelers should be aware of okay 
Okay, this is a very interesting question. I'm sure for our women listeners, it would be an interesting one. So generally, when people come to Ladakh or Rigzin, people have an, uh, I mean, the only things to shop is, uh, say, maybe some Tibetan jewelry, uh, some local handicrafts, which I think you kind of get it in Himachal and you kind of get it in uh, Jammu and Kashmir as well. What do you think are the right things uh, as in a right souvenir for people to buy from Ladakh, which is authentic Ladakhi souvenirs? It could be, it could be any perishable item also, but mm-hmm. just understanding from you, what do you think people should bring back home? Yeah, because you know that's a great question because we I've been asked that a lot, even like friends who come to visit or you know just travelers that you meet. If this is one question that most people have, uh, you know, what do we buy? What do we take back? So, uh, you know, the sad truth is that you know when you go to the market, most of these shops that you'll see uh don't they're not really uh local products right right but uh there are certain things so i'm not going to get into what is not local but speaking of what is truly local there are now you know for example in the handicraft space you have a lot of local brands that have come up right. uh, so whether you know it's some pashmina products sheep wool and yak wool products uh, you know, these these are local to Ladakh. And similarly, you have now um, these small organic stores that sell a lot of, you know, things like uh, wild Ladakhi herbal tea. You've these nice uh, local soaps some people are making, uh, sure. dried fruits, you know, apricot, dried apples, sea bakton, sea bakton oil. These are generally like uh, good gifts also to take back. Mm, Tibetan uh, actually I, I'm not going to comment on what is not local but um, right. uh, but yeah now you do have a lot of uh, uh, options uh, like that you know in the market right so I feel like whenever you know if you're traveling across Ladakh and if you're you know visiting a village most villages will have their own so, like, for example, through Hati, right? We are right. with a bunch of artisans spread across different villages. So, for example, the chilling uh, side, you'll see a lot of metalsmiths. So if you happen to travel that side, speak to the family, try to get a sense of whether they were artisans, they are artisans. They'll probably have a few things in their, you know, in their storeroom that you can just buy something sure. from them. If you go to Likir, there are some local potters you can directly buy from them. You know, that's a better experience that you're going to that village and uh, buying directly from the artisans. But now you have also a lot of uh, young local entrepreneurs who have uh, created small brands um, with these local products. So I could maybe just message you a few brand names if you want to put it out. Sure. Yes, could, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, so being in women in tourism and leading enterprises, uh, Rigzin, what changes would you like to bring within Ladakh tourism and travelers' mindset? Um, I mean, mostly, I think what we've already sort of, you know, right about uh, just general awareness. I think is the most important thing that travelers need to um yeah sort of 
maybe do a little more research before you come to Ladakh or sure. before you travel anywhere. Right. I I, I think yes, that's that's very uh, important point. I think it's more about knowing the culture a little bit more before you kind of get into that place rather than googling places it's better to google the culture the people there what are the right things to kind of uh, yeah. how can one really immerse in the culture we had last week uh, uh, you know our guest azmat from kashmir and i think she also had something similar to say that you know research about what really the people the local people really are kind of enjoying it what they would want the travelers to enjoy you know rather than just kind of going by the flow and i i think what you rightly said also that it is not only about the environmental places to see it is also how you can get yourself evolved or immersed into the local life i think that would give uh i mean that adds so much of value to any travel experience for sure yeah, and yeah. of course there are direct ways in certain certain places that you really can't engage but yeah a little research would surely uh, you know yeah, surely yeah. help respecting you know local culture and beliefs um because you know this is our home and you're here as guests and right. guests of course are gods but uh you know uh we would want you to experience our home for what it is right yeah, yeah. i i i get that for sure so <laughs> this brings me to the last question rigzin so what are your three shots of advice for women travel community taking experiential solo breaks and exploring ladakh sustainably and immersively while you have said uh, research for sure is there anything else that you would like to add here uh so i would like to also begin with saying you know because this is um, a talk especially for women travelers right uh, ladakh is i would say one of the most uh, it it is the safest destination for women in ladakh um and we we are a very um uh we our society has always uh you know respected women in that way like if i if i can say in my family as well uh you know it was always my great grandmother my grandmother who were sort of running the whole family you know and running right. the family so ladakh in general uh is extremely safe for women travelers uh from a sustainable uh, sustainable tourism um aspect you know apart from of course just general awareness uh and just some research before you travel to ladakh uh being conscious about how and where you spend your money right uh, and then you know just simple things like carry your own water bottle um right i know the public transport system in ladakh is not that great but try to you know maybe use public transport or share taxis um and just expand your definition of travel right right beyond, um beyond just uh visually treating yourself i think that definition of travel needs to be expanded and um yeah that's about it i guess great thank you so much rigzin it was i think a very insightful conversation on ladakh uh undoubtedly ladakh uh, will be 
like the most favorite destination for obviously the beauty it holds and i would say the culture it holds and uh, of course we will give our best to kind of preserve it uh, in its best forms but thank you so much for conversing with us today i'm sure our listeners are going to take so much back with them and next time when they travel they will be uh, cautious and conscious about the environment and uh, uh, you know the economic value that it brings in thank you so much for talking to us uh, we really look forward to cross our paths in future so thank you for uh, giving that time to us with sim thank you so much zeena um it was really nice uh, you know doing this with you and i really hope that at least some of the information that i've shared will be helpful to somebody who travels to ladakh and uh, yeah there's just this one um, you know saying which i feel is so apt for ladakh that uh, and i'm just going to end it with that uh you know that ladakh in ladakh the land is so barren and the passes are so high that only your best of friends or your worst of enemies come to visit so we hope that when you come to travel come to ladakh as travelers and you come visit our home uh you know you're coming as our friends and we expect that same uh, love and respect from your side as travelers that's so wonderfully expressed rigzin thank you so much uh, i'm sure there's so much that we take away from this thank you so much zeena